What up guys, welcome back to the TCG experience. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. I'm here as always, Sammy, and I'm here with Jake Quincy. Yo guys, what's up? How you doing? Hope you're all good. Oh my god, did you like... You didn't let me... I was, you know, I was, already, I was you, giving you the long intro, E, Quincy, and you just fucking spoke over it. Alright, let's take two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's on the agenda for today, my man, friend? Man, so um, I, asked, I asked people questions. Well, I asked... If you could ask us a question, what would it be? All right, so oh, a bunch I like of questions. These ones, man. I like the, yeah, the chill vibe kind of like, yeah. yeah. Some of the questions are funny. Some all of the right, ones right, are like right, um, right. trolly, but I, li I like them as well. So right. well, you ready? Yeah. I'm oh, you sure, yeah. Okay, oh, so. Um, I mean, I'm not ready, but. All right, okay. I'll start with um, I'll start with a, a chilled one, okay? All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, I can't start with that one. Okay, cool. So um, do you all your, do, do you guys think you'll always stay in trading card games? Oh, that's such a deep question. Um, hmm. I tried to leave already when I was 25. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast uh -huh. before. I was like 25. I think when I was like 15 or 16, I'd seen other 25, 26 year olds around me. Yeah. And I said to myself, like, bro, I never want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. Still playing card games. I was still playing Pokemon. It was at the time that's what yeah. I played. And I remember very vividly having like that. I was like 24, 25 years mm -hmm. old at Worlds. I was 3-0 at Worlds. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that's like the, where they want to be. Yeah, and I remember just hating it every minute of it, and I remember that was the moment where I was like, "Bro, enough's enough." You know, I need to leave and stop playing. But I'd say in a competitive, I mean, dude, respectfully, and I mean this totally respectfully, if you're still playing card games as like your main, and dude, if you have the luxury to play card games at mm -hmm. like 35, 40 years old, yeah, with no other obligations, mm -hmm. you're either really, really, really lucky, or something's probably just gone very wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, something's just you. gone really wrong, and I, I mean that like in the nicest possible fucking way. Yeah, I Does think I, get, I think I get you. I think and I, I mean competitively because I, I mean like if you're still going to YCSs and you're like 38 years old and you really like you have no other obligations or commitments to you, it's almost like the only reason it's sad is not because it's card games or Yu-Gi-Oh or magical Pokemon. The only reason it's sad is because you've lived a life of just doing one thing. Yeah. Competitively, and it's like. Again, you don't see Michael Jordan like lacing up his fucking I don't know, trainers or whatever to go play mm -hmm. pick up games of basketball. He plays golf. Yeah. He does something different with his life, you know, after the after they retire. And I just think these things all have their sell by date. Yeah. Card games too, you know? Yeah. And that's my opinion. Boom. Is that is it? Boom. S plus. <laughs> no, but you're not saying that, yeah, or not? It's 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 interesting because there's people one of my it hit me the other day, I was playing Call of Duty online. And one of my friends said he's 36 or 38. Mm. Playing Cod, yeah. Yeah, and... With you, yeah. Yeah. Both, both just fucking silver ELO, whatever the fuck the lowest ELO is. He's ELO? What the fuck's ELO? ELO is like the fucking your rating. Oh, <laughs> you like okay. In the slums, like fucking battling 14-year-old kids. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, you're like, fuck yo, you beat of shit. <laughs> so when, when I'm grafting during a day, mm -hmm. and, you know, I just like to play... Like Call of Duty, just to chill, like Warzone, yeah. just to like for an hour or two hours, just though? to chill. I find it so really? peaceful and relaxing, Ooh. even though it's best. And they're like, <laughs> "Fuck you! What are you doing? Are you do, do this! What I, is going on? I'm use your gas mask. <laughs> use your syringe. You know, like just you know." You're so shit. Oh man, like, yeah. people, people know Warzone. You're like, use your use your PDS when you're like in a team. It's just great. It's like really yeah. like it's like League. I played League for a little while, and it's just very yeah. As awesome as those games are, they really are like they take your life from you. I had a cool one. Um, that I was good, I was going to talk about this on Lispination, which is another podcast. Shout out to Lispination, by the way. Shout out to Jakai as well, my friend who does it with me. Yo, Jakai. Yeah. Um, here's a cool one. Anybody ever have this feeling? Maybe you've had it. This uh, weird feeling where 
you've been somewhere, maybe a holiday or a tournament. I've always experienced it with tournaments. That's all I know, really. Yeah. I've never really gone on holiday. And I know you don't really go on holiday either. Our holidays are like tournaments. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's not right. like all-inclusive or right. like relaxing We don't really take vacations. I mean, I, I truly have never really, really in my whole entire life been on a vacation. Yeah. Truly. Um, so do you ever have that feeling, though, when it's like a Sunday of an event or something and you feel like the nostalgia, but like the future nostalgia of, man... I wish this was going to last longer. It's like this weekend or this moment. Always. And you know that it can't. And you know that even if you could go to a different YCS, yeah. it wouldn't be the same because you'd be slightly older or the decks would be different or just things would be different and you could never relive that small period of your life again. Do you know well, what I'm talking about? Yeah, often. Yeah, I of feel like often. So that's exactly what I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm about to say this. That, for everybody listening to this, and this is really important, as much as things, as much, sorry, as fun as things seem at the time, right yeah and as great as they seem at the time really really like immerse yourself in those moments because they are fleeting they will pass and that same feeling that you feel jake and everybody yeah in those moments on the sunday night where you're like god i have to fly back to london tomorrow i can't believe it i had such a fucking amazing time yeah when you're 40 years old 45 years old 50 years old you'll feel that way about your entire fucking life <laughs> what you'll feel that way about your entire life you'll feel like your life has passed you by yeah quickly Okay. And cruelly, in a very cruel fashion, where you're like, man, I'm, you open your fucking fridge and you catch a glance at yourself in like a weird fucking bottle in the fridge or something. Yeah. And you're not young anymore. Mm -hmm. And you spent your life doing just one thing. Yeah. And you'll really regret and like you'll, you'll, you'll just feel like really sick because no one tells you that. Mm -hmm. Play Call of Duty all you want. Play Yu-Gi-Oh all you want. Play whatever the fuck you want, all you want. Yeah. Just know it comes at a huge cost. And the cost you cannot see yet. The actual cost comes way down the line. Yeah. Where some, where you look at yourself and you're like, oh my God, where has my life gone? This one hour right. of peace. Where's, where's my life gone, you're going to say. But the reality of it is, is your life went the same way that that weekend went at that YCS. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, in some ways. Listen, yeah. Nation, what's up? That's what we talk about, boys. But do you get what oh I mean or not? Oh my God. <laughs> do you get what I mean though or not? Yeah, I, I get you. I get yeah, you. So I get you. Fucking, just make sure you're doing what you enjoy, what you like. Hang out with people that you like and really enjoy being around. Make you the most will, of everything. Basically. Nobody, nobody on their fucking deathbed, when they're asked, what do they regret, says, man, I wish I'd asked for a raise and earned 2,000 pounds more a month. I wish I'd done that. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd, I wish I'd, you know, no one gives a fuck about that shit when they're dying, bro. When someone gets diagnosed with cancer, they cry not because they, they didn't earn enough money. Yeah. They cry because I, they didn't spend enough time with their family and friends. So, yeah, there was, there was a study a nurse did on, on patients who died on the deathbed. Okay. Mm. And, and they, she was asked what, um, you know, what was the most likely thing they would say? Mm. And money was never, ever really brought into it, sure. ever at all. It was the opportunity of not being able to do more or not being able to experience more with people. Yeah. There's another and, cool. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And then, and the, one of the main things is actually not is is not being it's weird it's not forgiving people mm, holding grudges yeah that's fair yeah I, I like to think i used to do that and i don't do it anymore um weirdly if i could offer you so so people like would you what do you consider to be a large sum of money like a significant like a life-changing life-altering amount of money half a million half a million that's interesting how about this let's say i gave you 20 million pounds mm -hmm. okay but the deal was you'd have 20 million pounds okay but, but in exchange, you die in five years. No. You wouldn't do it. Never. Which means that you don't value, which means that you value each year at four million pounds. Oh, you, you're right. You, you, know what I'm saying? you value each 
you value time so much more than you value money. Oh, sorry, you don't you don't even value each year of your life at four million pounds, sorry is what I mean. Yeah. Isn't that fucking insane? That like people are like, Oh, I want to earn fifty K or sixty K or seventy K a year. I really want to do that for myself and mm-hmm. but in reality, like time is the only currency that really matters. You wouldn't trade it for anything. Even though people are grinding right now for hours at work, yeah. doing extra shifts when the yeah. manager asks just yeah. to keep a nice yeah. smiley yeah. relationship with them. Yeah. But you, trading. Trade, but you wouldn't trade you wouldn't trade a year for a million pounds. No. You wouldn't? No. But most people wouldn't. Well, well if if you made me an offer right now saying, Would I remove one one year from my life? No you don't know when you're gonna start. For a million Jake. pounds? For, would you remove one year of your life for one million pounds? I would say yes to that. Would you? For that just once. I'd only do it once. For the one mil? Yeah. Cool. The the lock in price is like you get thirty million and it's you get to live for a specific amount of time more than you currently are living. You will not die in the next, I don't know, six years, but you will die on that sixth year. No. But it's just not enough time. No. So why do people waste it playing video games? It's different. So for me, going no, back... No, no, the reason actually is, yeah. respectfully, uh-huh. is because people just love the comfort and they don't realise that life is just fucking flying by them. Yeah. They just love the by. comfort. People are so comfortable. Like, bro, I've been reading shit about like these dudes that go like running barefoot like in the fucking street in the city. Okay. They just take their socks off, no shoes, no nothing. It's running. Ba- they jog, but barefoot, and that's just what to, they do. Just to feel alive. No, no, no. yeah, jogging, jogging, just to feel alive. Just to like stand on like There's rocks. And, like, like, so why, so why do you do it? And he's like to feel alive. <laughs> no, I mean like they do it yeah. because there's a sense of like touching the not being soft, not being coddled, not being like like the socks and the shoes and all these protective measures. Yeah, bro, we were supposed to run on like, you know, <laughs> run everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just because we've created the concrete and we now have to make shoes to fucking run on the concrete and shit and all this other bollocks. Yep. But in reality, like you can run on stone. We used to run on like stone and pebbles and sandy beaches and everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We never had things that protected us. Yep. So it's, we just live a very comfortable lifestyle and ultimately a comfortable lifestyle can become like a dull, a, a, a dull blade. Yeah. A dull, very dull blade, you know, where it's not very good at doing much. And I just feel like many of the people... I've spoken about this in the podcast. Well... Maybe not on this podcast, but over the last few weeks or months, I've really kicked it into gear in my own life. Yeah. I've kicked it into gear. I'm mm-hmm. waking up early. My days are long. I'm yep. doing loads. I'm talking, helping, boop, every bam, 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 bam. You know what I mean? Yep. I've, ju- I've kicked it into gear mm-hmm. because they caught me. Whatever it is, whatever fucking mechanisms, whatever propaganda in play here that has made me feel like it was okay, probably COVID as well, that has made me feel like it was okay to just be in my fucking house yep. playing video games. Mm-hmm. It got me. Yeah. And if it can get me, bro, it can get fucking anybody. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm. It's hard to get me to sit there and fucking sit in front of a computer or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I used to remember when you played League. Oh, do you remember? Oh, it got me. Oh boy. It, it got me. Yeah. It got me. It, 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 one short, short time. It was really hard to. You know. Two rough. three months. I was lost. I was like waking up. Boom. Games. Wake up. Games. Yeah. Yeah. So. The reason why. So the question was, what, do you see yourself playing trading cards for the rest of your life? I would say, uh, if you asked a basketball player, do you see yourself playing basketball for the rest of your life? They would say no. If you asked anybody competent, do you see yourself doing this one thing for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. And they said yes. They're living what is likely to be a failed life overall. Yeah. Because it's it's not even close to being holistic. Mm-hmm. Like no life can do everything. You can't like see every country in the world and do, try every food in the world and be a foodie and be a movie watcher and be there's no time to do all of yep. those things but i think doing any one of those things it's probably like you'd live with regret like you get to the end of it and be like man was this re- was this really fucking worth it trying all this food like 
Yeah. You know, at some point, it's just it's just food. Like, the yeah. same way, at some point, it's just a card game. Yeah, everyone goes through... Well, if you look at how cycles really go, if you look at, like, footballers, for example, they'll grind, they'll graft. If they mature at a decent age, then they'll realise well, what are the next steps because they know they can't play football for the rest of their lives. You have to be, like, insanely good which is very, a very small minority of, of football players who actually make it professionally. Tiny percentage, like under, well on, yeah. That, that they, they can play for like, like in their like late 30s. It's just unheard of, really. Okay, look at Ronaldo. How old is he? Like 36, 37? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still a GOAT. But how long is that going to go on for? He's not long. He's not going to play for another like three years, surely. But, but what they, he might, but yeah, not, not at the highest level. What footballers ultimately would go into becoming like coaches or management yeah, or that's, like... That's the way it will transition, Right, yeah. but then it's still a life just doing the same fucking thing. Yeah, of what they you know. know. What I mean, in reality, you lived, you created wealth for yourself, you freed yeah. yourself from the fucking rat race of having to be there constantly doing yeah. shit, and then you you spend that money mm-hmm. to free other people around you. That's my ethos anyway, mm-hmm. to kind of save and free people and make it so that they don't have to work. Yeah, and then you guys spend it together, mm-hmm. enjoying it. The sad thing is that you end up being like forty years old before you can really start living, if you're highly successful. Yeah, if you're highly, highly, highly successful. You can start your life at 40. Mm-hmm. If you're really lucky by some fucking fluke Bitcoin shit, you can start your life at 25, 30. Yeah. But your life doesn't really start, does it? I mean, like you're trying, to, you're trying to get money so that you can enjoy yourself. And then once you have money, you're already old. It's like... If you grind now, if you work hard now and put all of your time into not just you, but like your your game plan, but what you, your diet... Your 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 fitness. Diet's a huge part of yep. fitness. Yep, yep. Being, being, at a young age, being in shape is what you being mean. Being in shape yeah. because once you hit a certain point of your age, you will never be able to get back to the shape or or envision a shape where you can actually get into because your body's now fixed in that sort of. It's weird. I don't agree. I've seen a lot of crazy mega transformations, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Ultimately, it's, it's way harder. Very difficult. It's way harder. And if you didn't and do you it a at younger, age, yeah, you, you need a lot more help. yeah, you need discipline. You need and if you didn't do it at an earlier age, then you're gonna very you're gonna really struggle like in your late thirties. Agreed. If you the, the the best time for 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 males to live really is in like the thirties, like late like thirties, late thirties, going to their forties. Do you reckon? I think I think for from your forty onwards, like forty mm. to fifty, I think that's a really good time to live. I think that's good. What because the testosterone's gone? Yeah, and, and you're more chill and like. Um, I, I, I think well, you're seen more higher value in in society. To what to women? Yeah, it's a, you could say to women, but to people as well. If you're like in your like late thirties to going into your forties, I don't know about that. I guess what, what people would say is that you're like they would categorize you as like being more experienced. Like, For sure. Like no one wiser. takes advice from like twenty-two year olds. Yeah, but they'll listen to like a forty-year-old. They'll maybe. take you more seriously. You're yeah. wiser in what you're saying. You're sure. more experienced. And and the, the the way is as well. If you really grind, like in your twenties, going into your thirties, ready for your forties, you will be very happy in your life. That's what that's what a lot of um people have said in, in studies, and it's really interesting to read. Um, but yeah. So <laughs> going back to the reason why I play an hour of card. It's just to chill, just to relax. <laughs> That's not even the question, bro. The question. I is know, but, <laughs> but it was uh, it was leading up into something else. So, yeah. I I play it just to relax and chill, and it's mm. really nice to do so. Mm. So it, it removes me from the world. Just playing that escapism, hour. escapism. It really yeah. is escapism, and mm. I feel like people should have that in their life in some way. Maybe not for an extent of an hour a day, but if you feel like you need to have an hour a day, fair. Do you want to hear something it. fucking sick? Yeah. I hate traveling. Do you know why? Because I love my fucking life so much. Really? I, I love my life. 
See, see I you. love. I despise anything that would wreck me. If you want me to go somewhere and do something, yeah, I'm like, oh man, but my friends are around me. My <laughs> we need to just chill and play games and like my daughters. And I'm like, I love my life so much that I despise having to like deviate from what I'm doing. Is that I don't have to escape? Is that mainly because of London, the people around you? Not what? sure. I'm not sure. I've I felt like this for a while now. I felt like this for a while where I'm like. I used to love traveling and I definitely mm. wasn't in that spot where I was like, like traveling was almost my escape. Like going to tournaments was my escape from yep. like the, my parents like being nagging at me like, oh, when are you going to use your law degree? Whatever the fuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But not anymore, man. For the last four or five years, I felt really like my, I, I love where I live. Yeah. I go home. Like I sit on the sofa, watch TV, whatever, you know, like just, I feel like, like really, really like my friend called me. Yeah, let's go play badminton. I just, I just feel great. So, if you do feel the need to escape, even for an hour a day, yeah, mm-hmm. all of those hours a day eventually add up. Yeah. And you could likely be just doing something that's more conducive to you being having better mental health long term. Yeah. Than playing. And this isn't about you and COD, bro. This is about anybody who's listening. For sure. Like, if you need a form of escape, I understand and I get it. But you're just taking the, the paracetamol, right? Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing is taking the paracetamol or the, the ibuprofen or the calpol or whatever to kind of dull your senses and not feel the pain yeah versus work on the actual problem and say hey man maybe if i was a little bit more in shape i would do this or i would uh, what is really important to me fuck it man if you really enjoy video games you mm-hmm. fine play as much video games as you want the reality of it is though is that these games are incredibly addictive yeah and they are preying on you there's they a, are preying there's on a you. price you'll pay because the your 40 year old self will regret the hour of cod that you played or two hours of cod that you played every day for the last 10 years and they'll be like fucking hell i could have been excellent at something else that wasn't cod so so growing up with my brother luke and we had very different mindsets in a lot of things and um it's probably why we always argued until we came more like like to you came like uh, no you guys just bust a fucking nut what are you on about you (laughs) sick fuck (laughs) until Until we came no until we became like more like, I do, I, I'm trying to. <laughs> you threw me off. Like, what the fuck of a curveball is that? <laughs> right. So Anything me and my brother, your brother always just throws you why? off. Why? Yeah, no, I yeah, I love him to bits, man. He's, he's my brother, G, bro. He really is. He really is. I love really that kid. He's a fucking G. Um. So so I'm picturing you two in your fucking mom's kitchen just now, with your dicks in your hand, just fucking. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Oh! <laughs> why are you looking at me like? I'm just. Why are you looking at me like? Now I'm thinking like, man, what? What uh, past did you have with your two brothers? No, <laughs> Holy shit, just, uh, bro! Oh man, cool. So, um, yeah, he, my brother, used to always play video games. Mm. Always, Halo. Yeah. He loved Halo. He loved Call of Duty. He loved all these, like mainly Halo. He loved these, and and RuneScape even as well. And I was just like, why are you playing these games when we could just be playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah. And the reason why I saw a difference between Yu-Gi-Oh and these games is because I could really see a vision of grinding grinding I saw an end goal like grinding regionals winning nationals crushing YCS's and hopefully eventually going to Worlds Uh, but that end goal was but but also you saw there was was more money in it because you could trade and buy cards versus Call of Duty really is like ultimately just a complete time sink yeah, I, I saw... It has to be. Yeah, it, 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 it be. is. Because you, you're be. never going to be amazing at Call of Duty. You have to be... Basically, I reckon you're more likely to become a footballer than a, be like top than, player, than yeah, a sure, top like, sure. Call of Duty player, right? Sure. So I saw a vision where you would level up yourself more playing Yu-Gi-Oh than you could ever in any video game you ever played in. So also, yeah, it lent itself to your skill set more. I mean, like... And they'll transition well into other life yeah, goals yeah. and other life agree. areas. Card games, listen to me. 
the question let's 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 kill this right now because we've talked about this one question for a long time which is a great question by the way um i'll say that i'm incredibly grateful to card games yeah for everything yep. literally everything my character my my life my family like the things that they've offered me so much yeah they've helped me get intelligent get smart get ultimately though it was a it was a gateway they were just a gateway to, to learning other skills yeah to be used in other parts of the world and if you don't do that you know you've probably failed man think about what you could learn like, well, like i've i've learned a lot you'd learn you learn maths you learn english you, you, you learn how to negotiate you learn people people that's so important to know understanding people w- will open up infinite doors for you moving forward but great question um okay who was that do we get to know the name or is it all anonymous um can we give them a shout out king cooley king cooley yeah <laughs> yo king cooley i don't know who that is but <laughs> yo my g king cooley <laughs> <laughs> um, who remembers jeff Uli from Vikings? no no actually it wasn't him it wasn't oh him. <laughs> no i'll retract the shout out who was it bro who is this guy i'll retract the shout out cushy I, I, bro i can't even pronounce it it's just a username yeah cushy uh, yeah, well done bro great question good job okay um okay what is the best player you've ever played against in pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh? you go you go first all right pokemon mm, i would say what's his name todd yeah. um i think i'm trolling you um <laughs> I, we played we played at pokemon once. you played me yeah once I, i'd say uh, gen- I, i'm no cap you at the time but it, it has to be you when we played but i didn't know very much yeah, at that yeah. time if we pl- if we I could just tell that I'm absolutely getting annihilated. I could tell by the time, by me playing my fourth card, I've lost. Yeah, and then you looked at me and we smiled at each other and you were like, oh shit. <laughs> I was I just like, I, I was like, I'll take this last, no problem, cool. Um, so, and then Yu-Gi-Oh, I would say the best player I played against. Now, it's quite difficult because a lot of players are overrated, in my opinion. Yes, um, agreed. Pe- people, people overvalue someone's skill set and they not even watch them play. That's mm-hmm. what I sw- I've seen that a lot happen. There's um there's a, a player up and coming who people speak highly of, and I'm and they're saying this guy's really good. And I've watched him play, and I'm like, I don't see it. I don't get it. And Do I know him? Just hype. Yeah, you know him. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I it's so I'm just like you really need to watch someone play to understand, uh, or or even listen to them explain something i can usually tell from like 25 seconds of talking to somebody if they know what the fuck they're talking about yeah and, th- and that's when less. you then decide to write what, what sort of conversation to go into yeah, right yep, yep. um so this guy i play who's the best i play him at worlds unbelievable and it's really hard to, to say between the uh, two the chinese dude the chinese guy the guy who, who the guy who won worlds oh world champion all right cool and he we played round four and he's he's Frio. I've got two wins and one draw. Whoever wins this match locks top cut. Yeah. Even though he's Frio, he's, he's he hasn't locked it. Guaranteed. Even though his tie breaks are solid. Um, and we we're playing Solomon Great Mirror match, and it was literally chess. Li- the closest match to chess I've ever played in my life. It was so back and forth, two one. Every single point, the game went on. The game went on so long, and we were. I wish that had been recorded, bro. That sounds awesome. I th- that match. If that would that match would have taught people how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, we were we were bluffing each other, we were balancing ranges, we we, we were we we the, the we were 
there was points where I was like bluffing. I didn't have Phantasm. I, I, I didn't let him know I had Phantasm at a certain point. I was saving it for another point. The Gazelle as well. I was making him waste Ash at, at different points. Like if he has Ash, he has to use it at this point or not. This is the only point he has to activate. So I might as well hold my Gazelle for the next point. It was so in-depth. And we were both thinking about... I, 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 yeah, the game was amazing. It would have been very... Very good for someone to watch. What they should do for Worlds is record every single match. They definitely should. Just have cameras recording cost, every match and then they the, should play them. It costs so little to set up a fucking GoPro and have it feeding into something. Could you imagine if they just uploaded round one of every single match at Worlds and two and three slowly? Matter, They've got yeah. content for a year. Yep. People would it'd be timeless content to watch. Agree. And people would always watch back looking at what people play at World Championships so they could relive that format. So I played against him. He was amazing. And then the other player who's the best like Galley, Galileo. Yeah. Um, so he had me as you speak highly of him. Yeah, he is un unbelievable. He's the, the he has the, the the most insane record ever. He's got first, second, and third at Worlds, That's and he's crazy. top eight at Worlds as well. Okay, this guy his record is crazy. And the the funny thing is, the Worlds that he won, he he got passed down. So his Continentals first place got. An Couldn't invite. go because of a visa or something. Yeah, and from that and part it, of the world, that seems to happen quite a lot. And it got, but it passed down to seventh. Dude, listen to this, bro. My yeah. friend Reggie, shout uh -huh. out to Reggie. He plays in the Philippines. Yeah. He qualified for the PT places in 65th at a tournament. Holy shit. Because 64 people couldn't get visas to go. Crazy. And there was a one invite. Yeah. Pro <laughs> PT qualifier, pro to qualifier. 65th, got How did he do at the event? 65th, bro. So no, no, but how did he do at the. Not great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Gali got it passed down to seven, which I thought was a crazy luck. Like, yeah. like an act of God. Okay. Goes to world. Meant to be. In 2010 and wins. Yeah. Was meant to be. Goes to Worlds in 2011. Okay. He has me as a plus one. Uh, and it's in Amsterdam. And it's amazing. Okay. Uh, which chilling. And we're testing. And this is. So this is the year I won Nats. I'm, I feel like I'm at the, the, one of the peaks of my game. And we, we test. And I played. I was playing Six Samurai. Dimensional Six Samurai. Mm -hmm. And that deck was busted against plants. It was just a, a crazy deck against, against plants. And that was the, the format. Um. You was playing it as well. You gave me the idea actually for, for Dimensional okay, Samurai, okay, yeah, and um, and then we, I, you know, we were playing loads, and I was playing infinite different versions of Samurais at different events. And when I played against Galley, he was playing plants, and I couldn't beat him. And I've never lost to a plant player ever. Like never, I just cleaned two out them. That's weird. You didn't draw Dimfisher much, or you drew Dimfisher? Um, no, I did. And I played against him. Well, you opened Dimfisher, fucking Shien, and you lost. Yes. I don't believe it. I, swear, I lost nine times in a row. I have to see it. I don't believe it. Bro, I lost nine times in a row. For opening the ambitious... No, no. I, 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 we played nine single... I think nine or ten games. That just doesn't sound And real. I didn't beat him. That doesn't sound I real. I didn't, didn't beat him. However, though... His nine games is so few games. Yeah, but... I mean, yeah. So yeah. We, we, you know we played, I mean, Yeah, and, and I just guys. couldn't believe it. I was like, this guy really is good. And every time we were playing, he was just always surprising me. I actually learned a lot in those games. It was actually really, really helpful. Um, yeah, he. so he was... Gally and... He's your uh, dad, basically. What do you mean, my dad? Just call him father from now. Oh, God, stop it. I spoke to him the other day. He said, my, how's my son doing? I said, what you... <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? How's my son doing? I said, oh, yeah, he's doing all right. You know, he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's struggling a little bit, you know, but he's fine. Playing COD a lot. He says, playing COD! I mean, playing COD! What oh, the stop it. <laughs> Fuck it. Right. Escapism, bro. Who have I played that's really good at card games? Pokemon, just Jason, probably. Yeah, we've played a lot over the years. Jason Klesinski, world champion three times, very very solid player. It's mad that he's won worlds three times. I know. Masters. We just won. Was it yeah, Masters right three he's times? The goat. Yeah, he just 
probably mm, there's a couple. Another guy, Cena, Cena Gaziasco. He's relatively unknown, mm-hmm. but he's just goated as well. A genius, uber genius. Yep. Like one of those people that just never get the recognition, but fucking goat. Cena, if you're listening to this, bro, I rate you. But he knows that already. Yep. So those two, two best players I've ever played against. Yep. Um, I'll do Magic next. Um, I played against a guy called Guillermo Fatapa, Hall mm. of Famer. Played him at GP. Yeah, you told me about that guy. We're yeah. both 3-0 at one point. We're playing round four and I'm like licking my lips getting to play a good player. Yeah. Sit down, open the fucking nuts against him. Yeah. Lose. <laughs> wow. And what did, how did he open? Just normal. And wow. lose. He's been blue-white control. So, so it's a little bit of an unfair test. I'll tell you what. The best Magic player I've ever played with a control deck is Guillaume Wafatapa. He's also known for just playing control decks. Okay. Since the dawn of time. Yeah. He actually doesn't... If control is good in the format, he plays control. If it's bad in the format, he plays control. Yeah. It's like the people that just play Autogeist forever or they play, you know what I mean, just forever. And and it, in Magic, it doesn't really matter if you know you're playing against Control or Aggro as much as it would in Yu-Gi-Oh. He just always plays Control decks. Yeah. Right? I'll tell you this, right? Um, I think if you had sat me against like a supercomputer with my hand versus his hand, yeah, a supercomputer that's like programmed to make decisions based on EV, yeah. I would have crushed it. But there was something about him intuitively waiting or ho- just something really fucking bizarre that happened in that first game. Yeah. Where I resolved all the good spells that I was supposed to resolve against him to win. Did everything that I could to... Just everything kind of went my way. Yeah. And I didn't make any mistakes or that I didn't even know mm-hmm. I didn't make any mistakes. Okay. I resolved a card called Teferi, Time Reveler, which me- against the control deck, bro, which reads your opponent cannot respond on your turn. They can't respond on your turn? Yeah. It's it's an enchantment? It's a planeswalker. Your opponents cannot respond on your turn. I had that in play. Against a control deck? Three of them. One, he, then he killed it. Then another one. Then another one. And I lost. So, bro, listen to me. That Yeah, that and I beat him 2-1, though, in the match. After okay. I had to did, beat him anyway. Did, did you did you realise then at a later point that you should bait out the removal no, 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 no. It was no, nothing no. to do with that. Nothing to do with that. Okay. Nothing to do with baiting anything out. It was just... Because the Planeswalker sounds busted against that deck. Yeah, but his, his answers lined up really well, but he also used the answers incredibly well. He had a very in-depth understanding of, like, mana. Like, his, he played perfect, but it wasn't... It was perfect, specifically perfect, yeah. to what I had. Okay. Almost as though, like, he had targeted something, like a range of... Oh, dude, it was very, very solid. Sure. He's really good. So I lost, and I beat him 2-0 after that. So beat him 2-1, fine, great, happy. Was That was the first time I'd ever left the table, like... This person's much better than me at Magic, ever, in my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've never left the table thinking I've been, you know, like, eh, everybody's it's various, yeah. whatever. But that was the first time, ever. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. I would say, is a cluster of people yeah. um, that I just think are really, really solid. You're not one of them. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you winking? <laughs> um, I would say, I, I haven't played that many top Yu-Gi-Oh players. Yeah. So I'd say you have to be there because you're obviously incredibly solid. And we've played a fuck ton as well. How so many times? we played like three times, right? At least three. I think we played twice in tournaments. Once at Nats and once in the regional where well, yeah, I scooped yeah. it up anyway. Am I allowed to say that? I scooped? Huh? Can I say I scooped? Yeah, oh, you, can oh, say, you, can, you can say you scooped, yeah. I scooped, I wanted to go home. I, don't, I wasn't on it. I wasn't that deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. You're, you're, always, you're always allowed to... Concede? To, to, con- to concede a match before. As long as you've not changed the outcome of the game. Conceded. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So there was that one. Uh, and then what else? Who was that? Simon He. Mm-hmm. definitely incredibly solid but I played him so long ago yeah so long ago so it's tough to really know how good he is now but back then yep. he was just way better than I was mm-hmm. it was like he had a very under deep understanding of the game because I was just starting yeah it was kind of like me and you were Pokemon yeah imagine that where I was like okay cool I'm looking around the room and I finally sat down against somebody where I'm like oh this guy's really good that was yep. Simon 
Um, who else have I played, bro, in tournaments? I don't um, know. Oh, I played these guys from like team, uh, team gym and team whatever these European guys, but they're just all just okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it would have to be like you or Simon then, in terms of the best, the very best. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I did well at Euros, top two Euros or whatever, that I can't even remember. Everybody just felt like a fish. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to be completely honest, everybody just felt like a fish. Who? I think the only name player that I think you played against was Gruner. Was oh Gruner. shit, Gruner, Gruner. My yeah. bad. Yeah, massive cheater though. Yeah. Massive cheater. Yeah. Um, dude, you, bro, Gruner, never let, don't let me catch you slipping, fam. Uh huh. If I ever see you like just out and about, because we both you don't even play anymore. Uh huh. So if I just see you out on the street, bro, <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna happen? He's just a fucking idiot, that guy. He's a massive cheater. Massive, massive cheater. Um, what else? Hmm. Yeah, he yeah he he got banned for cheating. Oh uh, no, no no I don't want I don't want to hear when he got banned or who. No it, no he got banned. But he just is. Yeah. He just fucking is, man. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to anybody defend him or anything. No no. I've I'm seen not it first. He got caught. I've seen it firsthand, bro. He's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Whatever. Cool. Moving on. So I'd say, but he's also so good. Yeah. He's also so good. I don't get. I don't he's get. So, I don't get so why. Good. If you're so insanely good, why you would want? Do you know who's a fish, edge? by the way? Who is a fish? Remember Stefan Slaus, Luis, whatever? Oh my god, that Italian guy. No, Stefan Luis, the Dutch guy. The, the oh, the Dutch guy. Dude, yeah, that guy was such a more. mega mondo fish when I met him. <laughs> and then I quit and then he went up to like, win like men, men, multiple YCSs. Oh my god. He is, but he's he, the he, biggest he, fish ever. Yeah, so he played Abid in top dude, eight in 2010, oh yeah. Stefan, bro, you're a good dude, I'm sure. But bro, you're the biggest fish that has ever won a big tournament in my, that I've ever seen, bro. Uh, bro, he played Abid. Oh, oh, dude, another and, one. And, another good player. Who? Togarez. Who? Rodrigo Togarez. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's solid. Spanish I played him. Guy. Yeah, very Spanish good. Big got banned from Magic for cheating. Banned from Magic for cheating. I knew that as well. Remember when we were at the fucking restaurant after the fucking tournament, and he's sitting there making, <laughs> doing these magic tricks. <laughs> Bro, he's making a fucking stack of magic cards, or sorry, playing cards, disappear into a, a yeah, hole in the table. He's a magician. Brother, listen to me. Listen to. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, but yeah, obviously that, that was at Euros 2010. It was remember, crazy. I, I was like, "What the fuck is this guy he doing?" He was making the fucking cards disappear in front I, yeah, of my Yeah, I eyes. couldn't believe it. I was like, he, he was, was like, obviously like pitching them into the table and palming them as he's yeah. going backwards and forwards. But it was so unreal clean uh-huh. that I was like, "If I play this guy, we could have six judges watching the table." Yeah, and it wouldn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> he could do anything. I <laughs> could do anything. It wouldn't matter. Oh my he god. Did, he got caught. Only reason he got caught was on camera and a Spanish judge. I think probably had a vendetta against him, Magic Judge, who had known was really watching him like a hawk. Yeah. Do you know what he played, Rodrigo, to win uh, Magic GP? No. He played um, Storm. You know what Storm is? No. Frog FTK. Storm. Storm is basically the Magic equivalent of Frog FTK. What does it do? Just FTKs. It just does the like. De- a, oh, the deck. The deck Storm. It's, it's, it's called, called Storm. Storm, but it re- re- plays around a mechanic called Storm, mm-hmm. where for each spell you play on that turn. You add to the storm counter. Technically, you're always adding to a storm counter. Okay. Every time you play magic. It's just not relevant in almost all games. And how many counters do you need to win? You don't. It's not that you need more counters to win. It's that you'll play. So there are spells that you play that have storm written on the bottom. It's just storm, like a mechanic. (coughs) And they read, for each spell you've cast this turn, cast an additional copy up to your storm count. Holy fuck. So for example, most of them are really weak cards. Like grape shot for one. Grape shot for one red deals one damage, but it storms. So if you play 20 spells that turn, you storm for 20 and you do 20 damage. Does that make sense? And I reckon his deck is just all like one card Crit, drops. Bear make mana, draw card, bear make mana. mana yeah. It was like Frog FTK. And then eventually he just plays like a win con that's very like, you know, deal you two damage, storm. Do you How many people play in the deck? Storm. He, he won in Legacy too, which is a really, really fucking hard format to win in Legacy. Mm-hmm. God. He's also really good at magic, bro. Rodrigo. 
most of these guys are fucking savages, man. They're yeah. so good, and they cheat, which mm-hmm. is fucking brutal. Yeah, he was yeah. a he was a madness, but he was crazy good at magic, and you Yu-Gi-Oh, obviously. So yeah. yeah, I'd say that my my list is probably four or five people. You, him, I'd put Gruner on there just because he was really really good. You couldn't yeah. deny that he wasn't excellent, but two of the fucking five people on my list are savage cheaters. So what does that tell you about life and the game? Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, cool. So, <laughs> sorry, is that cool? No, no, you're what good. Did, you're good. What did you want to say? Anything else? No, I forgot. I, for- I was going to say something. I was going to say something. Um, cool. So, what? Well, no, you know, you think about it. You know, even though, yeah. T- t- so, the five on your list is, is. Um, oh, sorry. Gruner. By the way, the cheat is that wasn't a jab at anybody. That meant, no, I, meant, no, no. I meant Gruner and Rodrigo is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I Just thought, to clear I th- that up in case. I, th- I thought you meant um, Stefan. St- Stefan Sluis. He's like a no, small black yeah, dude. I know, I know, He's very I know sweet, very nice. Yeah, the, when I met him, he was Dutch. like this broke dude, had no cards. Reminded me of myself when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Because he was playing an Infernity deck, but with like one barrier. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, because he, yes, he, he couldn't have the other ones. He couldn't buy barriers. And he qualified for Worlds. And he, exactly. So I was so <laughs> gassed for him. And then I left. I left. I stopped playing one after barrier. that year. I stopped playing, right? Came yeah. back and he was like this big named player. Yeah, he we, won Paris. Why yeah, is he Paris? But he was really bad when I knew him, bro. We were, we were testing, actually, with, with X Sabres for, twi- for 2010. Yeah, the worst deck ever. Paris. The worst deck. For, the worst for, deck. And um, this is when Infernities weren't as good anymore. Because okay. I was blindsided. I thought X Sabres were the best when it, when it first came out, and actually Infer- Infernity was just the most well, busted no, even deck. Even then, Frog FTK was the Frog best. Frog FTK was the deck. I didn't know. No, one no, knew. I, know, I played it. I played Frog FTK at Euro. I know, but not Nats. Side know, we've gone over this many times. I know, but 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 Nats was the tournament where we could have played Frog FTK and we didn't. Yeah, for that, no, no one did. No um, one knew about it, bro. No, no one really knew. Well, someone someone yeah. did, but they didn't have the defined build. Yeah. And then Rodrigo t- um, won Euros. Won Euros with it, but he tossed a coin between that or Frog Monarch, and he landed on Frog FTK. So he played with Frog FTK. Yeah. And then I played Frog FTK for, for the side events because I didn't qualify for the main event because I didn't play that Nats that year because mm. I was on holiday with my parents. My last ever holiday, family holiday ever. And um, I just crushed every single side event. I didn't lose. Frog FTK was the most busted, insane deck I, I, I've ever played. Um, what was I going to say, though? So, um, yeah. Uh, so, I, I thought you meant the the, the Italian guy. Stefan Sluis. Not Sluis. No, that is Stefan no, 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 guy. Stefan Minoli. Um, I think he's a cheater as well. Yeah, for sure. He has okay, to be. so what the fuck? Yeah, let's, yeah, uh, let's not give guy. these guys any. Like, you know what? I any don't any like credit, a, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be like a drama podcast where he's always fucking. I agree. I agree, man. Yeah, fuck it. Don't even give them the time of day, bro. So, um, interesting one. Mm. So, I, so, this was asked by Adam, Adam, Adam Cunningham, okay? okay? And it's quite a long question, but the, the last part really intrigues me because I was I would have asked it the other way around. Um, do you think other TCGs should follow the end of match procedures like Yu-Gi-Oh? And what would you what would your suggestions be for that? You like it flipped? You think do you think Yu-Gi-Oh should follow the end of match procedures of other TCGs? In some ways, yes. Yeah, so he's probably a Pokemon player because that's just, yeah, it's a joke. Or dude, he probably plays Pokemon. I would guess based on that because Magic has it down. Magic. End of game procedures, how it should be done, and how Yu-Gi-Oh used to do it. Mm-hmm. I think Yu-Gi-Oh's old fucking way of doing it was great. So, so he, for, and they uses, for example, Pokemon has an old rule Yu-Gi-Oh, as you'll know. Do you think um, they should have the lowest pr- uh, prizes wins at the end of time? And do you think intentional draws should be banned in other TCGs? <sighs> That's a really good fucking question, Adam. It just requires an entire podcast to answer it, and we just don't have the time, unfortunately, because we just—it's a really long, long question. I would say. You've, you know what? I'll, we'll tackle that on its own entire podcast. So, Adam, you present us with something that I just can't do in a matter of like yeah. fucking five minutes or whatever. Um, yeah, it's not easy. Yu Gi Oh for sure is not doing it right. Pokemon, I don't think, is doing it right either. I think Pokemon just needs to have. 
I think all these games really need an hour time limit. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, just Four, cut like, the shit, man. Let's be real, yeah. 40 minutes to play a match it of Yu-Gi-Oh! Best of three. Fuck's sake, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And half of the community don't know how to shuffle decks. Because they just take they just take long. Let's not even get into this. It's just we're gonna this we're gonna be stuck here talking for two hours about this fucking shit again. So, so let's not. You know, I, no, Adam, I great agree. question. Yeah, I'm just saying though. What like, the fuck can we do? Like talk about in the game procedure again. It's like it's not even that. They're no, obviously if, like. Yeah, we should we should just have more time. But they, they they are trialing out still in America. Um, so hopefully next I think they're trialing out for next season. I think next I I reckon we're going into a, a this season for the from September 2022 will be the biggest change of a season we'll ever see in Yu-Gi-Oh. Not because of the not because of what cards are currently out, but because how they're going to do things. I reckon they will increase time limits across the regionals, across YCSs, everything. I think there'll be at least 45 minutes. At least, I think it'll be bang on 45 minutes to be exact. I also reckon all the prize support will be increased massively across the whole board. Not just at, at YCSs, because like I look at Euros, YCSs will increase, but also at regionals and... I do think they'll prob locals will the Konami will probably give locals more more something else. I, do, I don't know. Do, do, I, I could say to add to like the time thing. Would you sign up to play an hour hour rounds, right? Mm -hmm. But you'd have to show up to the venue an hour and a half early. Yeah. Of course you would, but then that's that's all you would need really, right? For like yeah, you know, an hour and a half earlier, and then you could just subsidize that time and just chop it on, like add it to each round essentially. N turning up to an event ninety minutes beforehand is. There's such a small price to pay for the amount of grinding, the amount of um, time you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh, working on the best deck, or in any game, I and just, even the amount of money you spend on cards. Bro, bro, do you not think there would be so many more smiles on faces if people had an hour to play? Yeah. People just be there like, yeah, no worries, bro, take your time, man, it's calm, we've got an hour, we've got a whole fucking hour. And, what, and what's really cool <coughs> is, if you finish early, which you're bound to finish one of the matches get, at least early, now you get your lunch break. And you get your time back that you fucking lost an hour and a half early. Yeah, you get, you, you get a lunch break, because they obviously yeah, can't not, fit a lunch break in. Do, no one fucking listens to this shit. I mean, times, like, the people that make decisions can't even fucking... Uh, I don't know, man. I think they do. Yeah, but I mean, like, they, they just not actually going to. Uh, oh, okay, fine. If they do, they do. Next question, Adam. That's his own animal, bro. It's, that's a, it's an hour it's, podcast. It's a, yeah, it's a, it is a long question. All right, next one. Great question, Adam. Well done. I know that name, Adam Cunningham, from somewhere. He's a judge. Okay. He's a judge. He's a, a Yu-Gi-Oh judge. Um, I know that name. I seen maybe I see him on a trade group. Yeah, or he's he's in he's with the guy, this Samuel Lang guy. You know Samuel Lang who does sure. that. Yeah, I, I may have seen him on a trade group. Then that's a very yeah, Samuel Lang name. always picks him to to judge with him. Um. Okay, this is from Anonymous. Um, how do you not get burnt out from the game when you compete every weekend? <laughs> if he, if anybody knows the answer to that, fucking tell me, bro. Yeah. If anybody knows the answer to that, tell me. Because I have no... I, that. In fact, nobody knows the answer to that. Well, fucking if, hell, man. Burnout I, is just... Yeah, just... I don't know. I... There was a point when I was doing the world's race mm. for Yu-Gi-Oh. Where you I was were playing. Out. I don't want to hear it. You were so... Bro. I saw your fucking face, bro. Yeah. I saw you, bro. You know what? Say what you want to say. I want to say like, it. And then you can just and absolutely can try and destroy yeah, me. Yeah. And I'll tell you the truth. So for the world's race for 20... End of the start of the season, September 2018, going into the um, 2019. The year qualified. The yeah. for Worlds. Yep. I grinded every weekend playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And I traveled a lot. I traveled all over Europe or wherever I needed to go to get the most points. I would work out a plan, um, a calendar of where is the best place to play. I would then look at what the average for their regionals were in the past season. And whilst doing that, it would then tell me, well, which one should I go to? So I, that was like my downtime. I wasn't testing. I was working out where to go. 
The only time I decided to play Yu-Gi-Oh was on the weekends. I didn't test during the week. Now, that's the thing where I think you can cause more burnout, is if you play a lot during the week preparing for the tournament, knowing then you're going to have to play again and test the following week for the next weekend and etc you really are going to lead to burnout much more quickly than you yeah, would but then you've just your chances of actually being successful are just so low not practicing but, but like. in some ways though i found that if you're grinding every weekend you would then be like ready for the weekend after and then you could then just use those four or five days well four days because you were traveling uh, on the friday or the or the monday etc just to use as relax if you have that luxury um so, but not everyone has that luxury where they have to you know because people have to work and then play on the weekends so i when i when i did the world's race i didn't i i just i got used to it at a point but yes i'm not saying i weren't burnt out i was very can relieved you, at the end of the, the season question, like specific to the word how do you not get burnt out from the game when you compete every weekend compete yeah essential word okay compete obviously the implication of like playing competitively he means like you're not just playing Yu-Gi-Oh once a week bro anonymous let me tell you right now there is no answer to this that makes sense that can give you it's so fucking difficult mm -hmm. because in order to compete you must care and it, you know if you care it means that you're invested and you're, if you're invested then the results matter a lot to you and the, you know you're just going to be at the mercy of variance most weeks and it's just really brutal <sighs> there is no burnout is real man it happens to everybody in every profession you will get burnt out but one thing that i think will help you when you when you're playing and competing every weekend is you need to say no more often and what i mean by that is you need to go to bed earlier you need to say no to like having dinner with people you need to say no to um like just doing activities with your friends that you will see in that weekend specifically the reason why i'm saying that i'm not trying to say that you should be antisocial I'm saying if you're trying to compete at the highest level and wanting to get the best results, you do need to trade that factor in of not being able to to be around with all your friends all the time. You just need to keep that luxury there for at the event itself specifically because then you have more time for yourself to recoup your energy and just relax. And you just need to have that re relaxation time, even if it's just an hour playing card every night. <laughs> well, ask yourself this. Yeah. Do you get burnt out playing locals every week? Does anybody get burnt out playing more locals once a I week? I doubt that because I don't think people will value locals. But locals is just th two or three rounds less than regionals. Yeah. So, so, why, do you three or four so why do people get burnt out playing regionals every week? It's because the, the stakes are higher. Yeah. You're more invested in the result itself. You've traveled yep. more. Like locals is really convenient to be there. Yeah. So ultimately, burnout just comes from, in my opinion, the stakes of something being high. Yeah. Or high, you know, for you at least in your in perspective to your life. Or you've sacrificed something to be there yeah and it just doesn't go your way and all right put it this way bro <laughs> i don't care who the fuck you are no one gets burnt out going to six regionals and winning six regionals in a row yeah nobody <laughs> you don't get burnt out when you're crushing or when you're winning yeah I, you know what i'm saying like no one no one's out there like fucking hell man i want enough regionals i'm so burnt out <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just the losses uh -huh. it's the it's the losing the the bad beats that you know what i mean that stuff can take its toll on you so what i would say is it's natural to feel burnt out don't try and find ways to really really avoid it just understand when you're feeling it that it's okay to feel it you know mm -hmm. and just wake up monday morning and go get a massage that's what i do i get a massage i do something fucking different that isn't card game related try to relax man try to yep probably a young person's asking this so we're in very different places in our life but i would say try to focus on something that isn't card game related at all yeah I take two weeks off sometimes when I'm not playing card games and I come back to it and I feel really like I enjoy it so much. I miss having cards in my hand. 
Right, so another question, which I think is a whole pod, whole podcast topic. This is awesome that people are like, giving us these really cool it, topics. It, uh, I think this is great. What? Uh, when was your biggest learning curve as a player? And does your theory conflict with Sammy's? My theory in what in general? So, so what, what, the guy's asking like, is does our theory conflict mm. with each with one another with our oh, biggest learning curve? It's two. So I would. So how about you answer both sides and I'll answer just the learning curve part. My biggest learning curve. Um, Do you remember at a specific point where you like you had like a eureka moment? Oh shit! Like you attack with three guys in Tamir Force and you were like, oh my uh, god! It was. <laughs> oh man. So the the the, be- the best way I learned when I was younger was when I was reading feature matches, mm-hmm. and I, I remember that they were so. Sorry, I but they were so poorly done. They were like this. I guess it was the dawn of like time or the dawn of the internet or whatever. But yeah, they were so poorly done with like a few lines. Player A activates fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. Player B activates this. Player B flips this. It's like so, so SJCs at that time. Because there weren't YCSs around, there were two writers. Um, oh, my Graffa Maya. Do you remember at the, at the bottom it would say, oh, at the bottom it would say, somebody, somebody is your winner! Exclamation point! <laughs> like at the fucking bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There was one something Graffa Maya. I can't, rem- oh, I can't remember his first name. I'm so sorry. I, but this guy, man, he was so good at writing these feature matches, mm. and I was so like immersed in these, in these, in these, in these. In his, in, words. His, in his words man it, it was it was so well written and I was like man I always wanted to keep reading and I read the next one I, I'd read a whole what, SJC mm-hmm. all in one go sure a feature match after a feature match I was just hooked and I was, I was excited for the next one That's that was another reason that really so got me into the game you think at some point in time you read a feature match you had an epiphany where you're like oh shit I always remembered mm-hmm. that point in the every single point in the feature matches of what was going on so when I was playing then I was like, "This is what happened. Why did they do this?" I'd always, I'd. It sounds so crazy. Yeah, but can can you pinpoint yeah. a specific feature match where you were like, "Wow, something profound." What they're asking you was, like, "Was there a moment where it clicked in your head where you had a shift? There was a, a clear paradigm shift in your mind where you're like, oh, fucking hell, man! I haven't been understanding this properly at all until now.'" Hmm. Yes. Okay. Which was okay. the moment? And the it I, okay. So it wasn't one of these feature matches, but however, these feature matches did help a lot. It sure. felt like I was in like, um, what's that show called? Queen's Gambit. You know, okay. you, you know when yep. she's in bed and she's looking at the, at the you know, the wall, mm. and there's chess playing, and you're mm. working out like p- g- plays and like how to outsmart mm-hmm. ex- different layers of levels of players. That's just how I always thought after reading these feature matches when I was reading them in bed. But the ma- the huge Eureka moment was a guy called Jamie Stafford. Okay, mm. go go of the UK years mm. ago, crushed one Nats, um, won like multiple Ferris tours, multiple prize cards, just infinite regionals everything right this guy just won so much in the door at the beginning of time of Yu-Gi-Oh. he pl- there's a card called trap dust shoot which not everyone might not be familiar with it. it's actually on the ban list okay um and what it reads is if your opponent has four more cards in the hand um it's a normal trap you can look at their opponent's hand and put and shuffle one monster card from their hand back into the deck now this card is very good if you start the game it really can swing and especially in a format where it's just back and forth back and forth where you're not committing cards as mu- as many cards as often it, c- it becomes more powerful um especially as the, the later the game grinds on as long as there are four cards in the hand of course the reason why there was a huge eureka moment is this card was standardized to be playing activated straight away so if i open trap issue plus cards i would like t set so i'd set like a, a monster 
like a Sangan or a, or a Gravekeeper Spy, I would set Trap to Shoot, I'd set another Trap or Book of Moon, etc. And then I pass. And then the standard play would be to flip Trap to Shoot, look at your opponent's hand, know exactly what they've got, shuffle back the, the, the monster that was going to be the, the, you know, the, the best card for them. But now you know what spells they have, etc. And, and you know if they have Storm, etc. If they don't. And you can really play around this. So he... What, what Jamie did is he never activated it straight away. He would always try and trade with it. So he'd always... Trade for a breaker counter or a MST. Breaker, or... MST, heavy storm. Because if you set two back for straight away and your opponent's got storm, they're almost likely going to place heavy storm straight away, even though it's probably not correct to. But the, the average level of player would probably just drop heavy storm, heavy storm straight away. Um, when So he always got good trades with it. Like people trap to shoot it. No, sorry, dust tornado it and destroy it. And he would chain it. And I'm like... You would you'd always be shocked at trap to shoot. You'd always because he's now his bluffing range goes up. You're you're starting to think well actually he's not activated it yet, so um, it can't be. Obviously you'll never think it's trap to shoot. So you're always going to think it's it's going to be like bottomless trap hole or mirror force or sakuretsu armor. So you then like oh, man, maybe I can't commit now. But he's just chilling. So now you're not committing as much. He was really good at poker too, bro. Now you're not committing as much because you're scared the back row is going to be mirror force or torrential tribute. You're going to still have always four or more cards in your hand. Because you don't know what that card is yet. And you're never going to instantly flip Torrential Tribute or Mirror Force straight away unless you're going to get good advantage. So what, the longer it's set, the longer you think, well, it has to be one of those cards because you don't activate it yet. And then it's always Trap Dust Shoot. And you could play free Trap Dust Shoot and he always did. I think it was, it was like free at that point. So <laughs> I was always mind-fucked when he had that. And the, the crazy thing is, if you do activate Trap Dust Shoot straight away like a standard player and they have they have uh, Grace or Charity or Pot of Greed in the hand, you now don't know if they have Heavy Storm. Um, so it opened my eyes it really just helped me um understand how to trade how to bluff how to balance ranges and um really like start to to delve deep in the game and understand it so you owe me thank you you know i do you know what yes, yeah jamie stafford thank you very much Fair for enough. opening up my eyes and him, him and Gally, those were definitely the, the two. The two yeah. at, at the time, and you know what, Sammy, even you, man, like I'm not, like no cap, like um, because the the, the reason why I found you helped me in, in some ways actually because Yu-Gi-Oh wasn't your game, mm -hmm. at, um, at, you know, Pokemon is your game, okay. Sure. So hearing your perspective as a Pokemon play was so interesting because you're more calculated, um, in terms of like mathematics, odds, um, and and you're always saying that. You should always max out on this. You should always max out. Like, you want to see that card, you should max out on this. And I was like, you're so right. And it was really, I was really intrigued. So yeah, I mean, obviously that's all standard now, but even back in the day. But that, it was, yeah. it was, then it was gold dust. Yeah, yeah. Gold dust, because well, I appreciate no that. one was really using you. Like, no, no, not you. I mean, no one was using you. Not, um, no one was really using the internet because it wasn't there. These tools we have now, if we had back then, the game would be 10 years ahead of where sure, it is at sure. now. And it's it actually snow, crazy. It snowball even more now. Yeah, for really sure. So that was just hmm. crazy. Okay. And, and then the second question, do we disagree on theory? Hmm. I think, I don't know. I don't think we do usually. I think that maybe there was a point we did because of our egos maybe clashed because we always thought one, we'd always... I remember when we did it was because it, it was when you were really bad. Right, um, okay, moving on. Fuck off. <laughs> cool, man. No, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think we do often. I think that like, we're just at a, specific, a certain level where it's pretty obvious when stuff is good or when stuff is bad. Yeah. Um, in terms of theory, no, I don't. I mean, I don't know. You would know. You would know. When we I disagreed, don't, um, I don't think I, I think we dis I think we disagreed more in poker than we would in in Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm just completely right. 
Have you have you tightened up? Huh? Have you tightened up? Bro, I bro. Ah, uh, you have. I, no, you I, have. Bro, bro, I am you way have. better than you at poker. Have you tightened up? I'm a bit tighter, yeah. Oh, you fucking idiot. I've been saying that for years, bro. What the fuck? No, but it's not just that. No, it's um no, as players become looser in 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 their in their style, you you want to tighten up, but sometimes though, it depends. As long as you can adjust correctly at a table in poker, you are going to crush. As long as you know the game well and you know when to correctly adjust and know when to balance, you are going to absolutely crush. Balance is like almost this is such a myth. Uh, like if you're if you're playing in the same place regularly, sure. Balance is a myth that like any kind of like if you're just traveling, like, going to a casino randomly, like if you get, no point no, yeah, no, if you go into a casino where you've not been there for at all, yeah, you don't know the competition. It's literally impossible to to balance straight away, but you can sort of gauge the type of player they are based on your experience of playing sure, against those sure, players. Not getting into poker too much, but, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, it's so interesting. Just uh, that game is amazing, amazing, cool. Uh, there's a there's a really funny story I'm going to save for the next podcast mm. that I really want to bring on today, and it's how I made one of the French goats cry at Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's probably one of the funniest stories <laughs> I've... I, I, I can't believe I've not told it before. I don't, I, think, I don't think I've ever told you before. Um, so that was that. was that. But yeah, the other... <laughs> the last question. And I think this question is an um, interesting one. Who is... It's, it's, it's everyone, who is your favourite card vendor? Card vendor? Vendor. Like, I, I know, it's so different from what we've answered or asked Good or question. talked about. Uh, from any card? Any card? Yeah, game? yeah. Channel Fireball are really good to deal with in Magic. Yeah. I've dealt with them a million times. Arbitrage selling cards to them. They're really, really solid. Why? Um, From your experience, why? They're just polite, friendly. The numbers are the numbers. Yeah. They're not trying to finesse you over the table. It's all just like... Yeah. Incredibly like... You know you can always go back to them and feel like it's, it's fair. A, it's just math-based. Like 70% of what it's worth, 60% of what it's worth. There's no like... Yeah. There's no one trying to hustle you. Like a lot of like card hustles... You back, know what you're getting when you get turn up. Loads of backpack traders trying to hustle people. You know like... Yeah. yeah. Um, haven't dealt with him personally, but Swanee's a great dude, my yep. friend Swanee. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I mean, I've only really kind of rekindled my friendship with him. It's been a long time, but yep. everybody speaks so highly of him mm-hmm. in terms of like his etiquette of trading and stuff. So I'll give that yep. a shout out. Um, what's his business called? Do you know? Um, I know him on Instagram. Oh, it's David. Oh, S- does he? Do you want people to know? I think. I think. I think. I think he does. Yeah. Cool. I'll ask him next time anyway. But I, I'm um, sure, I'm, 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 I mean, he's he's crushing it. He's absolutely crushing it. What's and his fucking business but, called then? I, no, I don't know if it's it, it has just a username on you on eBay. What is it called? It's David S something. I can't remember. It's, n- it's some numbers. Uh, we'll but try and people, find them. People know. Cool. People know. We'll try and find it and put it in the fucking. We'll try and put it in the. I'll find it and put it in the what's it called description bar description, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Swanee. Support him and he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Um, JK, my boy yeah. Nick. I've had yeah, J- Nick himself is amazing, but I've had yeah. mixed kind of fucking. Ah, I don't even want to. It's one of the things that like, no point speaking bad of a business if if you can avoid it. But yeah, Nick's amazing. Always really easy to deal yeah. with. Um, and American vendors for you, I can't really speak on. How about you? Yeah, so JK for sure. I'll, uh, Nick's just hilarious. Um, oh, what's his name? What's it? Is it Meese? What's it? Oh, I can't his name. Um, the J- owner. Yeah, the owner. What's his name? Yens. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I think I'm pretty sure it's him. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick and and him. Yeah, really nice guys to deal with, etc. Oh no, you're thinking of Mitya. I mean, is that Mitya? I'm thinking. Yeah, of. but he's the small he, guy. He left them, bro. He left. Has them. he left? Yeah. Ah, that guy was so chill. Um, so yeah, those in Europe, I like I like dealing with. I would say that JK probably the best vendors in Europe. Yeah, I think that's for a sure. Fair, they, a fair. They're always at every single YCS. We have first. They've got the biggest selection. Oh, dude, I'll tell you what. Oh no. Fuck I Alibaba. I knew Fuck it. Alibaba. I you know what? Fuck, fuck man. <laughs> You know, fuck Alibaba and that fucking, that prick. Prick. 
straight just prick. What? Uh, you know why as well? I'll tell you this fucking story, podcast uh, people, whatever the fuck. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you remember this? This is yeah, you cool. turned so much. Me, Kirk, Jake, all there in the room. Boom. Yeah. I've got a buy in there. Probably worth about 10k. It's got like prize cards in it, other shit in yeah. it. Do you remember? Yeah. Cool. I'm like, oh man, I can't be bothered to fucking deal with these cards anymore. I bought all the cards for the Yu-Gi-Oh team that we had, Team Sneak Attack, yeah. to play with all the cards. 10 Magician Souls, 10 fucking this, 10 fucking, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Infinite Lightning like, Storms. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, ah, fuck it. You know, the tournament's over, season's over. Let me just get like close to what I paid for it. Yep. Do you know any good vendors? He's like, oh, Oli Baba's downstairs. Yeah. Cool. Go down there now. Uh, mate, are you buying cards? Yeah, bro. Always, bro. Come on, bro. Always, always bro. Always, always buying. I always, always buying. Always buying. I'm like, cool, bro. I'll be right back. Give me two minutes. I'll get the binder. Yeah. Boom. Come back down with the binder now. Elevate. Ring, ring, ring. Boom. Yeah. Yo, bro. Here's the binder. Uh, give me one moment. And he's sitting there counting out fucking cash. <laughs> like in dirty old bills, fam. Don't even try. 100, old, 100 euro bills. Not right? even, bro. Some five euro bill. Whatever you got there, bro. <laughs> counting them out. Don't even. Don't give this guy the 100 euro bill. <laughs> energy five dollar bill one dollar whatever boom 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 he's counting out he's trying to pay some guy yeah yeah and i'm there like um are you still buying cards he's like yeah bro of course and then, boom counting 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 pays the guy whatever this like cash yeah. of fucking dirty disgusting bills okay no clean bills yeah <laughs> yeah and then he goes i go to him, right, cool you ready and he goes oh sammy my friend uh you see i have run out of money i'm like so what the fuck did you make me sit here and what you count it for? And he's like, oh, I thought you wanted to, you know, see a lot of money. And I, you remember, how, remember I said to him? Oh, man. He and he goes, okay. And I go to him, what are you talking about, guys? Anyway, I'm leaving. I said, no, bro, I'm fucking leaving. And I slammed the fucking table <laughs> in his face. <laughs> remember this? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was like, he's, this guy's a fucking idiot, bro. He's like, he counted out 6K in front of me like his big. He said, I if he knew, <laughs> if he knew, if this guy he, knew, bro. He, he said, I if thought, he knew, I thought you wanted to see how much, you know, this, I, I thought you wanted to see a lot of money. And he counted out 6K and, 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 you were like, and, like, and you were like, do you think 6K is a lot of money? And then you bang your table. Like, and you just, and you just, I was vexed, bro. Oh, it was. Anyway. Truly, truly, truly. Bro, you can apologize to me at the next event. But actually, I'm going to give you a reverse shout out every time I fucking do the podcast. Fuck Olibaba. 